Welcome everyone, I'm Jeffrey Goodman, Director of Marketing and Development for the YMCA of Northwest Louisiana, and we're here at 318 Latino Studios for Shreveport Bossier, my city, my community, my home, and we have an extra special guest today, it's Father Rainey. So Father Rainey, thanks so much for being here. Yes. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thank thanks you. for having me. Thank you. All right, well, we'll, we'll hop into your world, Father Rainey. Um, if I get anything wrong, please interject and correct me, but I believe this is correct. On June 5th, 2021, you were ordained the first native-born priest of the Diocese of Shreveport. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, so that's kind of one of those... I know technical or asterisk marks or something by that. So that means that I was the first one born when we were created as a diocese. So there are other guys who are from Shreveport who were born here, but I'm the first one who was born post-1986 when we were actually founded as Shreveport. Because so before it was tied in with Alexandria. Yeah, it was the diocese of Shreveport, Alexand or diocese of Alexandria, Shreveport, and then it split in 1986. So I'm the first one who was born post that split. But we have other guys who were born in our diocese, this geographical area before the 1980s. So just semantics. Exactly, yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, in football, they'll say this random statistic and you're just like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense, you know, but it's just something that's just thrown out there, didn't change anything. But yeah, so that is a kind of a cool statistic that one of the, my a former vocation director, Monsignor Matthew Long, first stated. So, yeah. Well, I read, I read where you once said, the following, I pulled this quote from you. So you, you once said, being called father will take some getting used to. Yes. When I'm with another priest and someone else says father, I assume they're talking to him, not me. But then it turns out they're talking to me. So my first question for you today is simply, have you gotten used to being called father yet? I think I have. Yeah, uh, I've gotten used to it. Not so much about my family you know, or, or friends, but by the people I have. You know, you just understand it's a sign of respect. It's like calling someone doctor or, you know, it, it goes along with the, the occupation of being a pastor as well as going along with the vocation of being a priest. So I've gotten more used to it and since I've been a priest now almost three years. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, you are, the if I'm not mistaken, you're the administrator at St. John Berkman's and one of the chaplains at Loyola College Press. Yes. Give me a snapshot, if you could, of what a typical week looks like for you at St. John's and Loyola. How are you working with the students? When are you saying Mass for the St. John's congregation and for the Loyola student body? What days and times are you available for confession? Just give me a sense, if you could, of what a typical week for Father Rainey looks like. Yeah, so I actually have, in a sense, three jobs. I'm the administrator of the cathedral and the school. Uh, I'm also the chaplain, as you said, at Loyola, but I'm also the vocation director for the Diocese of the Shreveport in charge of finding young men who are interested in the priesthood. And so that really is just something all priests are doing these days. As as the priest shortage you know, gets a little worse, uh, more priests will have more jobs. And so I do three different jobs, so I have to find time to sort of make time for each one of those. So I have to carve out my week and give a little bit of time to each one. Uh, so... Usually, most of my time goes to the church and the parish and doing the different administrative duties there that I have to do, meeting with the staff, meeting with the parishioners. And then I go to the school on Wednesdays to St. John's School, the elementary middle school, and I have mass for them every Wednesday. 
And I try to go to the functions if I can. You know, every now and then I get to go to the classrooms, but not too often. And then for Loyola, I usually hear confessions on Tuesday for the students. And then I celebrate mass for them either Wednesday or Thursday. It goes by their schedule. They have A, B days. And so whatever day is a B day, if it's a Wednesday that week, that's a B day, I'll do mass that day. If it's a Thursday, that's a B day that week, I'll do mass that day. And so vocations work then, that usually gets the rest of my time. So I usually try to find time around everything else to talk to young men, meet with them about the priesthood, maybe young women who are interested in the religious life. Maybe I might meet with someone who's interested in learning more about the married life. And so that's kind of how I break down my weeks. And I may have missed this, but what about when are you, when are you um, saying Mass at St. John's and when are you taking, okay. when are you available for confessions for the St. John's congregation? So yeah, St. John's, we have Mass at 4 p.m. on Saturdays for our anticipated Mass is what they call it, anticipated Mass for Sunday. And then Sundays we have Mass at 8, 11, and then the 5.30 p.m. Mass. And then I usually have confessions from 2.30 until 3.45 on Saturdays. We also have confessions during the week. We do it every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 11.30 until noon. And then our daily Mass at the cathedral is at 12.10. So I'm not the only priest there. There's actually two priests there. There's another priest that I have there, Father Dunraj Narla. And so the two of us kind of carve that time out together where we do half and half. So he has about half the weekly masses. I have the other half. And then usually he has half of the weekend masses and I have the other half. So that's kind of how we break it down. And, and is um, and is your office, are you, are you officed at St. John's uh, Loyola? Is that where your main location is? Yeah. So I don't have an office at Loyola. When I was at my previous assignment, I found it that I didn't really need one. And so they were able to use that office for something else. But my offices at St. John's, our offices are right by the cathedral. So we have most of our um, staff works in that office space. And so I don't really need an office at Loyola or at the St. John's School because it's right there in the middle of both schools, which is nice. It's a very unique um, experience to have our offices be right by the high school and as well as the elementary middle. I'm a little embarrassed about what I'm about to ask you, but um, I, I didn't. I, I'm not Catholic. I didn't grow up Catholic, and I didn't realize until recently that there was some significance to a cathedral, and that not every Catholic church is the same, and that most areas only have one cathedral. Maybe can you? This wasn't even a set question, but I asked my wife within the last week. I said, "What what is the significance of a cathedral?" So. Would you mind just sort of explaining or clarifying the difference between a cathedral and a church for me? Yeah, so a cathedral is a very special church for a diocese. And just to tell people what a diocese is, a diocese is a geographical location. So every uh, local church is, is a diocese. So we're the Diocese of Shreveport, but then there's the Diocese of Alexandria, the Diocese of Lafayette, the Diocese of Lake Charles, the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau, the Diocese of Baton Rouge, and there's the Archdiocese of New Orleans, which is kind of the, the umbrella diocese that looks over all the Louisiana dioceses. And so that's what a diocese is. It's a geographical area. Then every diocese has a, ca- a cathedral, which is the sort of main church, the center of operations. And that's where the bishop usually has his main church. And so the bishop is the leader of the local church, of the local diocese. So Bishop Francis Malone, who is our bishop, that's where he would do ordinations. 
that's where he would do very special masses. Like we have something called the white mass, which is for um, those who work in the medical profession. We have something called the chrism mass there, which is usually the Tuesday of Holy Week, where the bishop has to bless all of the oils that are used for different um, sacraments in the Catholic Church. So that's what the cathedral is. It's sort of the main center of the diocese. And so when Shreveport was elevated to um, sort of the co-cathedral, the diocese was made a, a co-area with Alexandria when it used to be the Diocese of Alexandria Shreveport. They made the current church where I'm at the co-cathedral because Alexandria was the older original um, location. So they had the cathedral in Alexandria, the co-cathedral in Shreveport, and then we split, of course, our co-cathedral became the cathedral. And so that's what it is now. And it's where uh, the bishop has a seat because in Latin it's called the cathedra. Uh, and so that's the seat of the bishop. And so that's where cathedral comes from. Most terms in the church come from some Latin root. And that's where cathedral comes from, the seat of the bishop. Because if you go to the cathedral, you'll see where I sit and the priest sit. And then you see a special chair and it has our bishop's motto. Um, above it, and that's that's only his seat. So he can sit there. Guest bishops can sit there too, but only a bishop would sit in that seat. Okay. And so that's the kind of what makes a cathedral special. Yeah, I never knew that until the last couple of weeks. So yeah, it's very a lot of technical terms in the Catholic Church, and a lot of very sort of things that draw from uh, sort of Roman because um, we're the Roman Catholic Church. So I think in Rome they had these geographical areas, and that's kind of where the church took that from. That each area would be called a diocese and be centered around a bishop. And so it's kind of almost very like so much like the military almost where the bishop's a head guy and he has all this priest under him. And you have these other dioceses as well. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you started to go into this a little bit, but share if you could any advice or words of wisdom you have for people listening who are contemplating pursuing the priesthood. Yeah, so you really want to pray about it. That's the first thing to pray. Um, go to Mass, uh, pray the Rosary, have a devotion to Mary. That's a big part of the Catholic Church is, is having this relationship with Mary as a mother. And so young men and older men need to learn to, ha to turn to her as a mother to intercede for them so she can pray for them. Um, also, just spending time with the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament because we believe that the Eucharist is true to the body and blood of Jesus. And so... There's something called a tabernacle, which every Catholic church has for the most part, where we keep the leftover hosts, which are consecrated at mass that we give out for communion. Whatever is left over from communion, we put in the tabernacle. And so going in front of the tabernacle and praying before mass or after mass. And then talking to a priest, because you have to kind of bring it out into the public, talking to a priest, getting his advice or some other trusted person like a youth director um, or some other Catholic who's very knowledgeable. So that's what I would kind of tell anyone who's considering the priesthood. You really have to have this sort of prayerful life, but also you want to talk to people, get a spiritual director who you trust, and just allow that discernment to go on to know whether God is calling you. Because it's not about so much desiring it as much as it is, am I called to this by God? And you're able to hear that call by doing all these different things. Wonderful. Many... My next question, many, many cities similar size to us have large universities and or sports teams that bring those communities together. Here in Shreveport, Bossier, we'll probably never have either of those things. My question for you is, you know, what do you see that can help unify us more in the future 
as a community or help bring us together more than we are today? Yeah, I think Shreveport has always been, what I've observed hard for the city is that there's no culture, I feel like, that the people gather around, like you see in Lafayette or New Orleans. They have their Cajun culture in Lafayette, the Creole culture in New Orleans. Uh, but Shreveport, we don't really have any particular culture, I think. Um, there are elements of, of a culture. And so I think to really emphasize in our city, in our local area, what do we want that culture to be? Um, and how are we going to highlight that? Um, because you can kind of create your own sort of modern culture. I know like Austin is kind of in recent years united around certain things that maybe wasn't always the culture there. And other cities have done the same thing. So it's not, it's not something that has to be connected to history. The city can say, well, this is the things we want to highlight and this is the things we're going to really push to get tourism, to get people to come and see our city. So that's something that I really think that we have to learn to do is to find what are the things we're going to highlight. Like if it's building up downtown, some cities have started building up their downtowns. Like I know I went to Omaha, Nebraska, and their downtown area was awesome. And so maybe that's something Shreveport can do. I know there's already projects going on downtown, but just finding ways that we can sort of come together around some sort of central themes as a as a city would be helpful yeah i love that um my next question is just kind of global sort of where you were but as you look at our community as a whole talk to me about some of the things that concern you the most and some of the things that maybe keep you up at night just about our community yeah i think one thing is crime and that's something i think louisiana faces in, in baton rouge new orleans um and so it's kind of figuring out how to help people not let that stop them from wanting to move here. Um, and so that, that's something I think is important and troubling because it's like, how do you tell people to move somewhere if they're worried about the crime? Um, and so it's just getting people past that. You know, I never felt unsafe in New Orleans. I was always sort of prudent when I was in seminary down there. So I knew that I, I shouldn't just go out at night in certain areas, but I never let that fear get to me. And so it's helping people just learn to be smart and to recognize that most major cities do have crime. It's not to say that crime's okay. And then finding ways that maybe as a community we can move past having so much crime. What can help us move past that? Um, that's one troubling thing. The other troubling thing I think is, is the fact that there aren't that many young adults in the city of Shreveport. And so the Diocese of Shreveport actually just recently did a sort of survey of our whole diocese, which goes all the way from the Texas border to the Mississippi border. And so we kind of looked at the, the statistics of the makeup of our church, and we realized both in Shreveport, Monroe, and all the surrounding areas that there really aren't that many young adults in the 20s and 30s um, age range. So how can we maybe get that age group to want to stay in our city to move here? Um, there were a lot of young families, like maybe late 30s into the 40s, which is a good sign, but there weren't many young adults. And I don't think there's a lot for young adults to do in our city. So how can we go about building up the city so more young adults are attracted to live here? I know Bossier has recently kind of developed their downtown. And, and I've noticed whenever I've gone to dinner at some of those restaurants, a lot of young adults. And so I think that's something that we need to do more of is finding these sort of restaurants that can attract young people and then other sort of um, cultural things that can keep young people in the city of Shreveport. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and my next question is just kind of on the other side of that, just as you look out at this community, I know you grew up here, I think you grew up here, 
Um, I know you went to Blessed Sacrament, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Just what gives you hope as you look around this community that we're we're trending in a positive direction, that we're headed in the right direction? Yeah, I think I see areas that are growing that maybe once weren't doing so well. So um, I grew up in the Southern Hills area, and I've noticed on Mansfield, as well as on Burkoons, that new businesses have started moving there. Like they just put a Chick-fil-A on Mansfield where the Trejos used to be, which is awesome. I always kind of dreamed of a Chick-fil-A over there. And then I was moved from that area from St. Mary of the Pines right when they built that. And I, I knew that was going to happen. So <laughs> but it's awesome that businesses are moving there. Or if you go towards the the Walmart that's further down on Mansfield when you're leaving to go to the Keithville area, I mean, there's all kinds of things down there. McAllister's, um, trying to think the McDonald's moved down there. This is Zaxby's. And so you see that, and banks have moved down there. You see that clearly that's a corridor where people are coming in and out of Shreveport because they're moving to the Keithville area and to the DeSoto Parish area. So I think those are promising signs. Um, things are still growing in Uri Drive. And so if you see that growth, it's a good sign that people are still wanting to go out and buy things and still live in our city. So hopefully we can continue to build up. And I've also seen some things downtown, right, that they're building um, things in downtown. They're, uh, I guess, taking buildings and using them for new purposes. And all those types of things are good signs, I think, for our city. And those are my those are my set questions, but we have all the time in the world. Are there other things that are really important to you that you'd like to talk about today or share? Um, again, we have all the time in the world. Yeah, I think one thing is that to recognize for the Catholic Church, a diocese is really connected to its geographical area. So the church is only going to do um, as well as the the, di- the rest of the area does. And so the church depends upon the the actual geographical area. So the Catholic Church is not just dependent upon the Catholics, it's dependent upon all the people. Um, and so that's why the Catholic Church is always has a vested interest that an area grows, because that means that the church will grow. And so we're very much concerned as a church about the growth of Shreveport and the surrounding little towns and how we can go about helping people want to live here, ministering to those people. We know Barksdale is a big part of our um, area, so we always try to attract military families to come to church and and to try to help them settle into this area in the hope that maybe when they retire, they'll stay in Shreveport. And a lot of families do who retire, they do stay in this area. And so it's how can we go about helping build up the culture here, helping evangelize the people throughout Shreveport and helping them see that this is a good place to live. Uh, And that's something that's always important for bishops, for priests, um, being in the culture, going to different events, we have the Red Mass at Holy Trinity, which is our oldest church in the city of Shreveport and also really in our diocese. And so we attract all the different legal um, minds and everything, judges, lawyers. And so they usually come to this Red Mass. They're all together and not everyone's Catholic, but it's a big mass for them and they love going to it. When is that? When is Red It Mass? usually is in May, um, about the first weekend or so. And usually we advertise it. And so it's usually in May. Um, or the White Mass of the Cathedral, where we have all the legal professionals, lawyer, medical professionals, lawyer, I'm getting the two confused, doctors, nurses, um, really anyone who works at the hospital. So we just had that this past, I believe, September is when it was. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. It was either September or October. And so we had that White Mass. Um, and there's also something called the Blue Mass. And so that's the Mass where there will be the different um, officers, 
who work in, in protecting the, the city and everything. And we used to have one in Shreveport we haven't done in a while, but they have one in Bastrop, Louisiana, that they've been doing for a long time. So it's just finding ways to be a part of the culture and highlighting that culture and helping people see that this is something important to do. I know when I was at St. Mary of the Pines, my previous assignment, we would go down to the Red River Rebel and we would have a booth down there and raise money. And so it's highlighting those different functions that we have in our city and helping people see that this is a good place to live. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but approximately, I have no idea, um, but approximately how many Catholics, individual Catholic churches do we have in in Shreveport's diocese? Or So yeah, Shreveport's actually a very small diocese. And it's kind of maybe ironic or what you wouldn't think, because the larger a diocese is geographically, the smaller it is population-wise of Catholics. So we have a huge diocese geographically, but we only have about... 40,000 or so Catholics. Um, and so that's not very big for a diocese. Like, you know, you go to Chicago and Los Angeles, they're in the millions. Um, and it might just be one county or two counties. Um, so we're not a very big diocese in terms of number of Catholics. So we don't have many churches. We have 27 parishes, which a parish is kind of a, a very special type of area. Um, and it usually has a, so within a diocese, you have parishes that have their own little geographical areas. So the cathedral has its own little geographical area. Same area of the Pines is most of South Shreveport. Um, there's also St. Louis Van Seton, which has another part of South Shreveport. So all of these different churches. Um, so there's 27 of those scattered throughout North Louisiana. But we have, I think, 37 churches okay. um, because a parish can also have what's called a mission church. Um, and so I'm trying to think of an example. Um, Mary Queen of Peace in Bossier, South Bossier, they have a mission church called St. George, which is in Cushada. Okay. And so it's just a little tiny church. And so some of the parishes have mission churches. So there's 37 churches total. Then we have some special ministries, like college campus ministries. ULM has one um, where it's not really um, a church per se, but it is a place that has mass. And so it's a Catholic campus ministry location. Um, so we have some places like that as well. Um, so that it's not very big, but we have a huge actual total population. Um, we have about 800,000 or somewhere around there, which is actually a lot of people for a geographical area. But it's just that we don't have many Catholics in it. We're about 4 or 5% of the total population. Um, so a lot of people, but just most of them aren't Catholic. So um, it's a very unique sort of um, experience because a lot, most small dioceses don't have a big population either. They don't have a big geographical population or a big Catholic population, but we're unique in that we have a huge geographical population, but a very small Catholic population. Because so many other, so many people are other religions other yes. than Catholic. Yes, mostly other um, Christian denominations. Um, and the, the reason we have so many people really has to do with Shreveport. I mean, it's a big city. It's the third biggest city in Louisiana, has a lot of people in the surrounding area, Bossier and the other areas. So that's a big part of why we have so many people in our diocese. Is there anything else that, like, you know, you that's really important to you that you'd like to kind of communicate or get out there today? Yeah, I guess I'm plugging our Catholic schools. You know, I, I work at two of the schools. I work at Loyola College Prep, which has people of um, from a variety of denominations as well as Catholics and St. John. Berkman's Catholic School, which is mostly Catholics, but has other um, Christians as well. And, and so just plugging those schools, I always say that I think Catholic education is, is the best form of ed education, not because I have some sort of 
sort of pride in my Catholic faith, uh, but more because I think it's a sort of specific type of education that really anyone can benefit from. And so I always tell people that if you go to some Muslim countries, they have Catholic schools, and it's because they see a value in, in what we try to present as a Catholic church, which is to help people focus not only on math and science, but on the liberal arts, on the, you know, on plays, on art and music. And so people like that. And I think you find that in Catholic education, because that's what I received when I was a kid. We had plays and we did music and, and that was important along with the math and the science. And so I always try to plug Catholic education to people because I think it really is a unique type of education that, again, people from all sorts of backgrounds have experience and support. And so there's always trying to plug our Catholic schools, as well as St. Joseph Catholic School here in Shreveport. We have two Catholic elementary schools in Shreveport. And we have two Catholic elementary schools in Monroe. And then we have two Catholic high schools in the, for the whole diocese, Loyola, which is here in Shreveport, St. Frederick's School, which is in Monroe. And again, those schools pull people from Bossier, I mean, Loyola gets people from Bossier, from as far south as Mansfield. Um, St. Fred's gets people from Bastrop, Rayville, um, well into maybe even a little bit outside of Ruston. So really it's showing that those schools really have a draw because unlike a public school, they can pull from all over. Whereas a public school, you have to go in your area. A Catholic school, you can get people from really any of the surrounding areas. So it really is a unique sort of education. And so just always pushing our Catholic schools and, and highlighting um, the sort of excellence of education that they have. Absolutely. Well, Father Rainey, I know this diocese and this community is very lucky to have you. Um, I will give you one plug. I attended Easter Mass in 2023, and you were so eloquent, and um, I found everything you said very moving. So uh, I encourage folks out there who are Catholic or are interested or who are interested in Catholicism to come find you one day. Um, you'll be in for a treat. So I appreciate all that you're doing. I appreciate you making the time to be here and yes. look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes.